Good morning. Welcome to JFC. We are so happy you are here. If you're with us on live stream, we thank you for joining us. I hope that if you're here on live stream that uh, you're by a beach or a pool somewhere. How many of you wish you were by a beach or pool somewhere? Don't feel bad. I do too. I'd, I'd rather be there than here, but I'm here. And so it's really a great introduction to our series this summer. It's a series called Destinations. The focus of this series is about getting the place to the place where God wants you to be. How many would like to be somewhere where God wants you to be? Right on. Well, in looking at this message, I found an interesting article that a travel agent put out about why people should never travel, certain people. All right. And these were their responses or encounters with people. And the agent writes, I had someone ask for an aisle seat so that her hair wouldn't get messed up by being near the window. Any guesses to what color of hair? Okay, I won't go there. I'm sorry. That was too easy. A client called about a package to Hawaii. After going over all the costs, she asked, would it be cheaper to fly to California and then take the train to Hawaii? Might have been the same lady. I don't know. And a man called furious about a Florida package we sold him. I asked what was wrong with their vacation in Orlando. He said he was expecting an ocean view room. Well, I tried to explain that it's not possible since Orlando is in the middle of the state. He replied, don't lie to me. <laughs> I looked on the map and Florida is a very thin state. <laughs> oh boy, there's great stories about travel. Hey, why do we travel? I was, I was trying to think of some reasons why we travel. I think there's a lot of good reasons. We travel for business. How many of you traveled this year for business? All right. We travel to see family and friends. This summer, I assume some of you are going to go see family and friends. Raise your hand. All right. We travel because, and this is kind of a special sentimental one, but sometimes we take trips to go to places that are special memories for us or places that we like to go to and they're fond for us. Some of us go and to see new places. How many of you have seen a new place this past year? You went somewhere new and experienced somewhere new. All right. Many of us uh, over the last couple of years had a chance to go to Peru and go to Machu Picchu. An amazing journey. All right. But for any of those to happen, all right, you have to get there to have that experience. You have to get there to do business. You have to get there to see family and friends. You have to get there for those memories or those new experiences. The same is true in a spiritual sense. And today I want to help you understand that truth and why it's so important in your spiritual journey. Can we pray? God, take me. Take us where you want us to be. Prepare me for this journey. Help me to hear the Holy Spirit through those who teach this summer. And God, I pray that you take me to some amazing destinations. And everyone said, Amen. Now, commercial flight began to take off around the early 60s. All right, some of you missed that. Let me do that again. Commercial flight began to take off in the early 60s. Boy, you guys are slow. Come on now. Come on, get with it, all right? Did one of you call a travel aid? No, I'm kidding. I'll just leave it alone. All right. At that time, though, and some of you that are older like me might remember air travel early on and what it was like and the kind of experience. At that time, it was quite different than it is today. Buses, trains, autos were the way most people travel. But if you got a chance to fly, it was a big deal. It was very special. You were treated as a very treasured uh, customer. Anybody remember flying in those early days? Okay. How many of you remember flying recently? 
How many would say that is not a great experience? You go to the airport, they make you get naked, they, they check for everything, they, listen, I'm, I'm a little taller, and they cram me into these seats, and I'm telling you, it's never a good experience for me to fly, never a good experience, okay? Uh, they used to feed you really nice meals, actually, catered meals. Now, now, you're lucky to get a little teeny bag that big, not a peanuts anymore, all right, of these cheap little kind of compressed pretzel things, you know? Not even pretzels anymore, okay? And, and, and they used to give you a whole can of soda, all right? Now they come by and they got these little uh, communion cups, all right, <laughs> with an ice cube, all right? What would you like to drink, sir? Well, I'd like, I'd like one sip of Diet Coke. <laughs> You're good to go, okay? All right, it's not the same, but back then it was a really great experience, all right? If you have flown, how many, let me just, how many have never flown? Raise your hand. Okay, look at that. That is pretty amazing. Every, do you remember the first time you flew? All right. What an experience that was. All right. Uh, there are a lot of feelings in that first time, that first experience of flying. The, the roar, the jet, the engines just, and you're going down that runway. All right. What kind of uh, feelings did you have? Possibly fear. Okay. Uh, maybe excitement. All right. Maybe you had this feeling of amazement. All right, I remember when, and, and it's even true to this day when I fly, I just can't imagine that, that that big piece of metal just gets down and gets in the air, especially with all my wife's luggage, okay? She packs a lot, I'm sorry. She'll tell you, she'll admit to that, all right? We go over that 50-pound limit every time. So I'm sitting, and it's going down the runway, and I'm just thinking, is it going to get off the ground? Is it really every time? And I've flown many times. I just wonder, how does that happen? So I'm in amazement, okay? Really, honestly, how many of you, the first time you flew, were praying? All right, your prayer was probably, oh, God, don't let me die. Get this bucket of metal off the ground. Please let it get to where I'm going. i got people waiting for me. On the, I don't want to. And we have this fear of what? A plane going down. Studies show time and time again, it is one of the most safest ways to travel, but we still have this fear about getting on a plane and flying. I want to ask you today, what if I could tell you that you could have those same emotions and feelings in a spiritual sense? What if, for maybe in a long time, you've lost this great fear of God, fear in a good way, not fear of of God pointing a finger down through the clouds at you, judging you, but a fear that just is an amazing thing, understanding. We, we live in a culture now, and I, I get this. Please don't misunderstand me. I get this. He is Abba Father, and, and I hear a lot of people say, Daddy, and I get that. I want that. I want that kind of relationship with a Heavenly Father. But I don't want to never miss the point of who He is. He is God. He is Creator. He is amazing. And in that sense, I want that fear of how great and how grand He is. And I don't want to just take that for granted. And sometimes in our religious walk, we get to the place where we're just going along and we don't really fear God. And I, I, I would like that in my heart. You, you might need to have this feeling of excitement again. Maybe religion and your experience with God has got kind of plain Jane and, and you're just going through the motions and, and coming to church and kind of just getting through life. And you've lost that amazing excitement of what God is and what he's done for your life. He's an amazing God. 
I, for one, want that excitement rekindled again in my heart. What about an amazement for God? An amazement at what He can do. Some of us have just got settled in and know, well, God's good, He's great, He can do miracles, but you know what? I'm not really needing any miracles right now. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And this message is going to show and to point that out. I want to be amazed again at God. What, what if today you walked in this service, you took the time, you made the effort to come here, and I appreciate that. And I, I don't want you walking out saying, they didn't give me anything. I want you walking out saying, I met God there. He did something in my life. But for that to happen, you might be the one coming in today praying, dear God, please get this life of mine off the ground. Please, God, get my life to that destination that you've planned. So our title today of our message is called Take Off. Now, I, I couldn't find any airplanes in the Bible. I, I studied all the concordances. There was none there. My friend Duggar writes me uh, an email last night and says, God didn't want us to fly. He said that King James says, Lo, I am with you always. I agree. I found references to angels flying, chariots of fire flying. Uh, there's this great event called the rapture where we get to fly, okay? But nothing about airplanes. But I'll tell you this, there are some amazing principles that relate to the idea of taking off and flying to a destination that are appropriate for us this morning. They have the same idea. So, I want to say this today. God has a plane for you. <laughs> and everybody said? Amen. Amen. He really does. He really has a vehicle to get you off the ground and to the destination that he wants you to be. So, let me give you three simple points today for flying. First one is leave. It's in your notes if you'd like to write it down. Leave. You cannot get to any destination without leaving where you are. And you're saying, duh, Terry, I know that. Do you? Spiritually, do you know that? Do you really understand that? I'm amazed at how hard that Christians work at getting to a new place spiritually, but try to do so by staying at the same place. Wow. That's true. I'm, I'm just amazed that year after year, we keep wanting to be spiritually advanced and grow and move forward in our walk with God. And yet, we keep doing and living in the same exact way. We keep living with the same uh, amount of of lack of fear, lack of amazement, lack of excitement about God, and we keep thinking we're going to get somewhere different, and we never will get there without leaving where we are. I'm very disappointed, and I say this as a man who loves God, not in a judgmental way, but I'm disappointed at how many Christians are content staying in the same place. Please let the Holy Spirit speak to you today. Please let the Holy Spirit talk to your heart. If you've been just settled in and comfortable and nothing is happening in your life spiritually, Please don't be content with that. So let me ask you a question. What do you need to leave to get to where God wants you to be? What do you need to leave to get to where God wants you to be? I, I'll put it in a, a, a probably a more appropriate way that relates to flying. What is your gravity? What is your gravity? What, what is the pool that keeps you from breaking free? All right, and, and I know when I prepared for this message, I knew the Holy Spirit was going to just bring to your mind things right now that are in your life that is your gravity, the pull that keeps you from breaking free. But let me give you a starting point for that. Maybe you haven't created that focus yet, but one of them is sin. And you can define sin in many ways. 
Okay, you can define it as an attitude or a heart condition uh, uh, with God. You can define it as, as a uh, lifestyle issue. You can define it as an addiction. Whatever it is, you can define sin. You take a look at your heart and say, is there sin that just keeps me from moving forward with God? Uh, it could be self. There's so much about ourself, our self-centeredness, our selfishness, our self-doubt. There are people here today that have so much self-doubt that you find it hard to believe that God can help you because you're a mess. And you say to God, God, I'm a, I just can't get through this because you can't help me because I'm just too big of a mess. My life, circumstances, another one, is a big mess. And I'm so in deep, my, my marriage is so bad you can never work at it. My, my situation I'm in is so bad you can never change it. And, and, and you've got this, this idea that your circumstances will never let you break free. I talk with many of you, many of you as friends and people who attend GFC. I know your stories. I know your heartaches. I hear them. And I, and I gotta say today, my heart is just aching today for where so many of you are at. And, and the message I wanna say to you today, if you're, if you're one of those that are, that are stuck and that you're grounded, that God is here today to give you the hope and the message that you can leave where you're at. You know though, here's the reality. For so many people, we like ground, right? We like ground. H has anyone here ever uh, rode one of those rides where you do the free fall thing? All right. Are you really happy that they have great hydro hydraulic brakes that at the end of it grab hold and, you know? I love those rides. I, I just, I would love to go uh, and, and parachute. I would love to do that. Ben, would that, wouldn't that be awesome? We gotta try that someday, okay? All right, I would love to jump out of a plane and just fly through the air and pull the parachute before I land. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that the parachute works. I would love that too, okay? All right, I like that feeling, but I like in all those circumstances that something slows me down before I hit the ground. But here's what I'm saying. A lot of you are liking ground. You like ground, but here's the sad thing. Some of you like your ground even though it's really bad, rocky ground. Why? Because it's familiar. People like Famir, even though it's a bad ground, you like Famir. Your desire and need to get somewhere with God has to be greater, has to be greater than your personal comfort and fear. You have to want to be in a place spiritually that's different than where you're at now. You have to desire a new destination. And when you desire that, then you have to make a decision. Do you live in fear or do you live by faith? Do you... Live in comfort, or do you live by commitment? Do you live with your efforts and your spirituality at trying to make it work, or do you live by God's power? I believe with all my heart that we in the church today live far below God's power than he decided or de determined us to live. I want to give you a look at Moses, great guy in the Old Testament, but we're going to look from the vantage point of Hebrews, which looks back at his life. Isn't it nice to be able to look back there, there, there's a great uh, scripture that talks about Joseph, and it says it's, it's in Genesis 50-20, and I've heard it referred as to 50-20 vision. And, and Joseph is saying, what Satan harmed for, har meant for harm, God meant for good. He was able to look back at all the stuff that happened in his life and saw that God's hand was in everything. And even though it was difficult and a rough journey, God had meant it for good, even though Satan meant it for harm. And so Hebrews looks back at today, we're going to look at Moses and Abraham quickly, and the idea of looking back at their lives and what took place. 
In Hebrews chapter 11, you have the verses there. Uh, we start off, he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. Moses chose to leave treasure for suffering because he was looking ahead. Wow. How many of us choose easy? How many of us choose treasure? How many of us choose everything else over suffering and yet never are able to leave because of that choice? We continue. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He chose to leave fear for faith in God's promise. I believe with all my heart that there are people here today that God has given you a promise. And you quit believing in that promise because you were afraid of the steps that it would take to move that direction. I want to challenge you today that the life that God has for you, the plane that God has for you, is far different if you live in fear or if you live in faith. And I pray that you will be obedient to God today. Abraham, or Moses, he kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. He chose to leave what he could see to walk by faith. Ground we can see, right? I can see ground. I like ground. I can see it. I think it's safe. But it's never really safe if you want to look at what God wants to do in your life. He wants you to leave in order to experience what he wants to have. You see, it wasn't easy. The Bible records for Moses a ride of turbulence. But can you imagine the story we would be reading of Moses if he never left Egypt? It would go like, there was a guy named Moses I called to do great things, but he chose not to because he was afraid. The end. The end. Moses wasn't perfect, and neither are you or I, but there was something in him that was willing to leave all that to experience what God wanted for him. What is your story? I, I'm not saying God's writing a new Bible, but... but I think we have an understanding that he's writing a record of your life and, and someday we stand before God and will he say, I had a plan for you to leave, but out of fear you stayed. Let's take a look at Abraham in, in Hebrews 11, 8, a little later. Because Abraham had faith, he obeyed God when God called him to leave his home. So because of faith, he chose to leave and obey God. The verse continues, he was to go to another country that God promised to give him. He left his home without knowing where he was going. That's the tough part, right? Because of his faith, he chose to leave. He chose to leave because of God's promise, not knowing what he was going. I will have to tell you today that if you're going to leave, there's some mystery to where God wants to take you, and there's a reason for that. Because really you, if he could show and unveil the curtain and say, hey, look at this destination I want for you, you would say, oh man, that can never happen. And your faith would be gone. And the reality is, is that you won't get there without God. It is not about your ability or your effort. It is about God working in your life. Not knowing where he was going. I love these guys. So let me ask you today, what do you need to leave? What sin? What circumstance? What self-issue is in your life? What area is God wanting to you to leave? Hey, take a moment and write it down if you know it today because this is going to be a starting point for changing your life. What is keeping you? I want you to examine that thought. What is keeping you? What is worth fearing so much that you would miss God and not be able to have the faith to leave? 
Second point, lift. Lift. I define that as how do we achieve the proper altitude? Can, can you imagine... Can you imagine you go to the airport, you get on the plane, you got the seatbelt on, the plane backs out and starts going down the tarmac, and all of a sudden the pilot comes on and said, uh, uh, I'd like to do this where it sounds like a pilot, but anyway, the pilot says to you, uh, hey folks, today I've decided that instead of flying to Dallas, we're going to drive. <laughs> I was considering the cost of gas, and it's a lot cheaper if I drive this plane. I was a little worried there's some turbulence over Amarillo, so I think you're going to keep it safe for you. We're going to drive this plane down I-25, and from 25, we'll take 87 through Raton, and down through 87, we're going to go through Dalhart Dumas and uh, Wichita Falls, and eventually we're going to up in Dallas. How many are okay with that? I'll tell you what, I'll be taking off my seatbelt and opening that door. There is no way I'm riding with a bunch of crazy people who are willing to sit on a plane and drive to Dallas, Okay? But spiritually, we, we think that'd be really dumb in life, but spiritually, a plane was designed to fly, not drive to a destination. You were designed by God to soar, to live above this world. And yet so often we get so weighted down with this world that we can't elevate to the place that God wants us to be. The Bible says to set your mind on things above. We read that in Colossians. Since you've been raised, circle the word raised in your notes. Raised. Since you've been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life. You left. Number one point, you left. And your real life elevated is hidden in Christ, and when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Whenever there is anxiety, stress, anger, being controlled by any circumstance or substance or depression or any sin or any display that's different from God's spirit, it could be said that we have our minds dwelling on the things of earth, temporal things, not eternal things. We don't have a fear of God. We don't have an excitement about God. We don't have an awe of God. He is intended for every one of us as a follower of Christ to be elevated in our life and living differently. Ro Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, We are not to be conformed to the highway, but transformed to the airways. Wait, no, I'm sorry I didn't say that. That's, that's Terry translation. But it makes sense, doesn't it? So let me tell you what it says. Don't be conformed to this world's ways of thinking, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Interesting enough, if you break the word transform down, it really means this. Trans means above and beyond. Form means shape or style. So in essence, it's saying be above and beyond in your shape and your style. We ought to be Christians that are different than everyone in this world, not because we're better. Please understand that. There's a knock against Christianity because we can be judgmental and superior and walk around. Look at how great we are because we're a Christian. You are not great because of you. You are great because of Christ. And you are still going to be elevated because of Christ. And you cannot achieve this in effort or human ingenuity or just by gritting your teeth and trying hard to follow all the rules. You can be this person. 
because the power of God wants to work in your life every moment of every day to elevate you and to bring you to a new place. Be above and beyond in your shape and style. Is your, is your ways of thinking weighing you down? Listen, I got to tell you, the thing that's, the thing that's amazing is that how often we miss how God truly wants to elevate our life. I, I share something in humility today. and Please know my heart. And those that know me well know my heart. In no way, in no way do I want to say anything today that brings any glory to me in a personal way. None whatsoever. But God has done something in my life and shown me something that has really, really been amazing. Because I used to think of God in these spiritual ways and that God just worked in spiritual realms in my life. But I learned something this past year that has really given me an understanding of what I'm telling you today. And, and, and that the ways of our thinking weigh us down. And, and ways of depending on ourselves or our religion to get us there is so failing and faulty. God's Spirit is here to bring us higher. Uh, I, I want to just be honest. I'm embarrassed when I tell you this. Uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, right before uh, Thanksgiving, I shared a message. And I talked about uh, health in there. And I said some stuff about getting healthy. And then I proceeded to eat donuts the rest of the year. Thanksgiving came, Christmas came. You, you all know the excuses around the holidays. And I just kind of forgot that because I really wanted to enjoy the holidays because my wife's a great cook and so many of you are great cooks and there's so many great restaurants and so little time. <laughs> and so um, I kind of forgot about that. And so last, all of last year, 2011, kind of just put that in the back of my mind. The end of the year, it's amazing how God works. It's amazing how his elevation in his ways is higher. The end of the year, the Holy Spirit began to remind me of that message. And I felt like, dude, I'm a hypocrite. Because I told people that God can help you make a change in your life. And, and here's an area where God's going to help me. And God didn't help me because I didn't let him. And I said, God, I am sorry. Forgive me for that stupidity and that sin and that selfishness. I'm praying, God, you help me because this health issue is a bad deal. I was feeling terrible. Everything in my body hurt. I just felt like I was going to die. And then I'd go eat donuts. Because donuts made me feel good. Made me feel fat, too. So at the end of the year, uh, toward Christmas, I just said, God, I, I, I'll be honest, God, I've tried for 20 years to get this discipline, and I don't have it. I do not have it. And if this is going to happen, and if that message that I taught about you helping us in the Holy Spirit is going to work, it's going to have to happen with you. So January 1, Sunday, we had services. I said, okay, God, I'm turning this year over to you. I'm going to live a different life. I got up on January 2nd, and I'm telling you, I, I, I'm not exaggerating this. I, gave up, got, I woke up with a newfound discipline and excitement. I went to a health club that I had a membership for a year and never went to. Anybody here ever do that? All right. And I got up on January 2nd on a Monday morning. I went and worked out, and I came home, and I wanted to lay down the rest of the day. <laughs> and I did do that. I went to work and all that kind of stuff. I ate healthy that day. The next day, the same thing. The next day, the same thing. 
I started the year at 275 pounds. I saw pictures of last year, and I thought, golly, that guy is just really a, 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 a hippo. I, I just, I, I hated myself. You know what I'm saying? Now, look, this could apply in any area, but I, I, I just felt very defeated. But day after day, week after week, six days a week, going to the health club, working out, eating healthy, and I didn't have to work at it or grit my teeth. It was just a joy to get up and listen, obey God every morning. That's all I had to do. I didn't have to struggle. People would come in, man, you're working hard, you're looking good, blah, blah, blah. And I just wanted to say, look, i got to be honest. I'm just obeying God. I cannot tell you how it worked. I cannot explain it. I'm not a health nut, all right? Uh, uh, Friday was uh, National Donut Day. How many knew that, okay? <laughs> this is silly. This is dumb. This is just a Terry thing. It's not a God thing. But I said at the first of the year, Obviously, I want to obey God. I want to do the health. I want to do the uh, eating right, the exercise. All that. But I have a personal goal. I don't want to eat a donut in 2012. Okay? All right? And here's the funny thing. I pick up donuts for our tech team every Sunday morning. I go to Krispy Kreme, wafts in. I pick it up. I bring it to the kids. And never a temptation. I'm, so, I'm just like so happy at what God has done. I say that because today I'm healthy Today I feel different, but it's not in a physical sense. I feel different in a spiritual sense. And I tell you that embarrassing truth and that embarrassing message for this point. God wants to let you leave this place in your life. I had to leave certain ways of thinking. I had to leave certain disciplines. I had to leave, and I had to go to where the Holy Spirit was going to work in my life and do something different. You see, if I just lived in the world and the world's ways of thinking, I would have to really do certain things to make this health happen. But I'm going to tell you today with great joy that it happened through the power of the Holy Spirit and it was a delight and a joy. And every day I could just lift my hands and say, God, thank you for helping me. Thank you. And I don't know. I don't know where you're at and what you're dealing with. I don't know where you are grounded and what gravity is in your life. But I'm here today to tell you with all of my heart, with all the truth that I know, that the same God that worked in my heart. Now, here's the neat thing. I am excited about other areas that the Lord wants me to leave. How many know there's more places in your life than just one to leave? I'm excited about what he wants to do because there's this newfound confidence and awe that God is able to help me. And some of you are here today just desperately clinging on saying, I need help, I need God. The last point there, really a point, is called land. And it's really not a point, it's a conclusion because this is a nonstop, this isn't a nonstop flight. Let me, let me explain that. Uh, a few years ago, I flew southwest. I, I booked a flight Okay, I thought it was nonstop, and the wording that they had made it appear nonstop. So I get on the plane, and they say, we're going to be stopping in, I think, Memphis or somewhere. And I said, oh, no, I got on the wrong plane. I said, stewardess, I'm on the wrong plane. I'm supposed to be going to, uh, I think, somewhere. I can't remember. And she said, oh, no, this is a nonstop flight. I said, what do you mean? I, she, you said you're going to stop in Memphis. She said, well, technically, you're not getting off the plane, so we define it as a nonstop. I said, let me ask you this. Does the pilot put the brakes on? There's no lie. A few, week, a few months later, I went on. They had changed the wording. All right? They had three classifications, a nonstop, literally, where you flew from point A to point B, and a certain definition where you flew from point B, A to B, and then to C, but you didn't get off the plane. All right? And then, you know, with Southwest and others, point A, B, C, D, E, and then you get to your destination. Okay? That's this. That's us. That's our life. We are going to be bouncing around. We're going to be landing and flying. We're going to have to leave throughout our life, leave and elevate. That's what God has for you. 
okay? He wants you not to just stay on the ground. So, I'm done. I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you. So what do we do, okay? Well, here's how I'd like you to respond today. There are two places in this room today that represent the truth of this message. Number one is those crosses. And if there's a place you need to leave and you want God's help, I want to challenge you to write that place. Maybe you put it on your notes. Maybe it's coming to your mind right now, but I want you to write it on that. Okay? The second, and I really want to say this because I believe that the Holy Spirit wanted to do something in you being obedient today. Many times, a lot of you, and I'm not judging you, a lot of you hop up and leave because you want to get the kids and get out of the parking lot before it gets crowded or whatever. Great. I would probably do the same thing. But today I'm saying, let God do something because you're at a place where he wants to elevate you and bring you to a new place in his Holy Spirit. So I want you to go to communion. Why? Because something amazing happened in this cup that we remember Christ and this bread that we remember his broken body. Here's what happened. The Bible tells us Jesus left the glory and the splendor of heaven. He descended in order to be elevated. He left heaven. Stay with me. He left heaven. All right. He took on the penalty of our sin. He died for us. He was buried. And the Bible said he rose again and was seated at the right hand of God. Okay? Today, I want you to remember him. And I want you to go with that communion cup and with that bread and say, God, as you had the power and the willingness to leave and to be in the Holy Spirit, I want that in my life. So that communion is a celebration today of what God wants to do. If you're here and you're really struggling, you need prayer, we have people that we pray in the back. If there's someone in your life that you know needs prayer, that you love or loved one, go to these candles. They don't, they're not magical. They're not mystical. It's just a symbol of saying, God, you are the light, and you bring light to this situation. You have a place today. So as we do that, we're going to enjoy worship of the Lord. Have fear, have amazement, have excitement about what God wants to do. Today, I'm so excited because some of you are going to get free from some stuff that's kept you grounded. I'm excited. Please stand. Let's worship.